Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. All right, Jimsy. All right, here we are. Uh, welcome Ooh. to Legacy Matters yeah. podcast. Yeah, welcome, whoever's welcome. listening. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> God. <laughs> that one doesn't get old. Um, uh, I know. So it's Jim and Sam today. Yep, Sarah is out. We got a, kind of our first snowfall of the year. A little, yes. little light dusting. Yep, yeah. woke up to a light dusting this morning. Um, it's chilly out. I mean, it's well, not melting. No, those two kind of go hand in hand, generally. They, they do, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, winter is fast approaching this is this is still late fall though right the difference between late fall and full-on winter i would say is mm-hmm. that uh when i looked out this mor- the window this morning and and there is snow on the ground and all over my truck but there's still green leaves yes on several trees so you know like if there's still green but there's white on the ground like it's still late fall it is because and, and now everything is brown the yeah. colors are gone Mostly. Yeah. Yep. Over the weekend. Give it poof. a couple of weeks. Bam. Everything's there. All the leaves are down. I know. Yep. Yep. It looks. Oh. Oh. I should. I should say. So we don't have Sarah in studio today. She. Uh, she's at home or whatever. She's got something going on today. Yep. But. Um, so we always miss her when she's not here. But we do have a female presence. We do. So little baby Andalyn, the namesake <laughs> for our app. Um, is here. Yeah. The reason I, I love sharing uh and preserving memories well one yep. of the reasons come on i have three kids i love them all yes um but she's here so if you hear a little uh a little sing-songy baby voice in the background asking questions or asking me to fix the pony show uh, yeah pony yeah, as she says pony. uh that's what that is and uh this is this is uh, a, a show about life and legacy, and it's a family show. So the baby being here, it's not—it's a rare occurrence, but I like it. It's you all know? good. It's yeah. all good. What can you do? What can you do? Uh, well, what, you, you, what would you do? I wouldn't yeah. want to do anything different anyway. No, she's, she's great. I love it when she's in the studio. Yes. Chilling. She's awfully fun to be Laying around. Laying on the couch, relaxing, eating some snacks, and watching My Little Pony. Yep. So now that we've killed half the show, just yep. you and I talking. I know. I mean, we are we are two thirds of the way through. <laughs> uh, no, we're a couple couple minutes in here. We should uh, we should introduce our guest sitting mm-hmm. right here in the studio with us. I like it. I I know I was about to do the introduction, and I should probably keep going. But I like it when we say studio too, yes. because this is this is podcast land. So for all these people know the people listening our our beloved listeners yes. who by the way go oh, ahead and, by the way thank you for listening well yes thank you for listening and instead of doing our usual uh hey you know subscribe and make a comment and all that stuff how about how about you throw us out on your social media as a podcast you like to listen to ooh ooh you know nice. let's try a different nice. one okay. yeah but anyway when we say studio <laughs> i i imagine of the thousands, and we do have many, many thousands, tens of thousands, we assume. We do. Um, listeners, that there's a certain percentage of them that assume that what we mean is a dungy basement somewhere. And then there's another percentage of them that's thinking that, like, we're in some sort of high-tech studio. 
Right. You know, Recording with studio. yeah, with like a person sitting behind glass and a, right. a and red light, boom mics, boom mics, and no. and outlets in front of us where everything's all plugged. But really, in. we're in a super cool warehouse. Well, actually, grain belt bottling historic. Oh, now they're going to be flocking. They're going to be at the door all the time. There's going to be right. half of them protesting. Legacy does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> and the other side supporters. Oh, God, that's dumb. Uh, yeah, that's... We so have... Th- I'll tell you what punchy. else is You're dumb. punchy this morning. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm in a good mood, actually. Um, I went to bed early. Baby, baby enticed me right. with that cuteness. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, I sleep in your bed tonight. And I'm like... Get in here, kid. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of dumb, uh, this is why, I mean, I feel like there's something wrong with me, but I can, I only have to just live with it. It is what it is. We, our guest today, turns out, uh, Choice Pickens, sitting Welcome, here. Choice. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> choice is like, what can I talk now? Hell yeah. is I, know. I thought I came in to be on the podcast. Okay. Uh, but Choice Choice is uh, my cousin's partner. And you know yes. when I found that out today? Yeah, I Or, well, or I, I just gave it away. I yeah. gave away the punchline. A couple minutes uh, You know ago. when I found that out was just a few minutes right. ago. Right. Yeah, and funny. I knew. So, Choice, you came in. We were talking. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you're... Uh, now, is it partner, girlfriend, or how do you refer? Uh, you know, I like to mix it up. Yeah. So, sometimes I'll say partner. Sometimes I'll say girlfriend. Sometimes I'll just say wife. Sometimes I'll just say... Right. S-O, significant other. Ooh. Just try to get like S-O. mix it up so yeah, then yeah. people are confused and they're right. like, well, I thought she was your wife. No, she's my girlfriend. I thought, you know, so right. it's great. It works out for me. Yeah, and I think that, so as we were talking, it turns out she, she's a cousins of Sam. I like the... Uh I like the significant other because that brings I do it, too. That, well, I don't really. That's almost like not correct anymore, right? Like that's so yeah. 80s, 90s that you just have I to say partner it. now. Right. Yeah. I don't. What is it? What is it about significant partner that you suppose other. people or significant other? Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. That I am punchy today. You are. That, okay. that causes people problems like that, that we had to get away from that. Uh, because sort of like a. Uh, you know, a woman needs a man like sh- like a fish needs a bicycle kind of thing. Right. Oh, nobody well, is significant yes. to make right. to some anymore. So, but <laughs> no, I, I like that. That's good. But my my understanding of significant isn't that they're significant in in it's not a, it's not paying homage to the fact that they're more uh, they're superior or not superior. They're just more significant than the other people in your life. Meaning that's the the way I always took it. You know, it was like, if someone was your significant other, it just means that of the others that you know, that one's more significant to you. Wow. My significant other. So, yeah, you can't. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Unlike the old, like, this is my better half. Better half. You know? Which no one says that anymore. Well, you, be old. you know what? That. I should say that. Though. <laughs> you should because, and in fact, I know my cousin well enough, and I don't know you well enough, right. but you should say it too. I should. Shelly is that. a gem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, God, I, I, I feel like the first half is going to be me. I want to get into something, but something funny <laughs> happened the other day about Shelly. 
I was. Uh oh. Yeah, I was speaking with one of my other cousins who shall remain nameless. Okay. Right. And Shelly can't re- remain nameless at this point. No, I mean she's she's been outed by you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry, Shelly. <laughs> so, so Shelly, uh, Shelly's a, a few years older than me, and we didn't spend a lot of time together as children. So I, she's just always been, she's very pretty and she's super sweet. So she's just like this pretty nice older cousin of mine that's always been out there, but I don't really know all that well, right? Sure. So uh, I was speaking with one of my other cousins and I, and Shelly's name came up and I said, oh God, Shelly, like it's just, she's just the sweetest person. And the other cousin, no names, said, she really is, but you don't know her well enough to know that lurking behind that, oh like gosh. if she if she's angry about something, she's like she'll she'll go after someone. So <laughs> Shelly's got a Shelly's got a, a harder side, right? Sometimes. No, uh, yeah, I can't. For sure, I mean everybody kind of puts does. you on the gotta, spot. Choice. You have to protect yourself, and you have to. Yeah, you, know, you don't take any crap. No, and evidently no. she doesn't. She, no. You just you'd have to meet her. She seems sure. so demure. Like, right. but evidently she's got a, some of the Rolf in her where she'll she'll okay. go after you. Okay. Yeah. She'll defend herself. Is what she's I'm yeah. told. Sure, so, yeah. she's a Rolf. That's right. <laughs> you, you hear this? Um, that's my uh, one of my other maiden names. My middle name is Rolf. Right. Um, so you two play in a band together? Yep. Whale in the Thames. Yep. Uh, it's a best friends band with no one's head in the sand is what we say. And, uh, I moved back here and played music with my oldest friends. We have all, we have a rule in our band. We have to know you for 30 years Mm. before you can be in our band. But yeah, we, we all got together and I, in California, I played children's music because I had little kids the whole time. And so I did lots of like guitar singing songs for little kids a lot. And then uh, I moved back here and put on electric guitar and turned it up really loud and then played songs with my best old friends. And I thought, I'm, I'm moving back. I've never had this much fun right. playing music. And, uh, yeah, and we, we all, yeah, we're just best friends. All, it's, it's like we would all hang out together every weekend if we could anyway. So, so why not play so, music together? So we might as well just play music and do our thing. And after a couple of years of being in the basement, we just decided let's go get a gig. And it worked out and we kept doing it. And then by the time this summer hit, we were just playing like crazy. And we got to play in France, we played all over France, bumping around to all these different cities in France. Well, that's got to be <laughs> I know <laughs> that's got to be a lot so of fun. What kind of music are you playing? Uh, it's just kind of rock and roll music. People give us lots of uh, descriptions. They'll say like, they'll tell me my songs are kind of like Jonathan Richmond, and I was like, yeah, I love Jonathan Richmond. Why wouldn't it be like Jonathan Richmond? So these are original works. Yeah, we play original. You play songs. original songs. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was the case. Yeah, and so Emily, Emily B. And I write the songs, and then we just bring them into the band, and we all put together our parts. And Shelly plays bass, B.T. Hansen on the drums, and then Charles B. and Emily B. on the... Charles plays keyboards, Emily plays guitar. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have a regular uh, kind of place that you guys are playing here in the Twin Cities? Um, we play 
a lot in all sorts of places. So some places we've only played once or twice. Mm-hmm. They don't want. <laughs> I can see why, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, we played a, a, we played a lot at Mortimer's, and uh, next next Friday we play at the Eagles Club. Okay. Um, which uh, which Eagles Club? The Eagles Club in Minneapolis. Okay. With silent treatment and whiskey, whiskey something, whiskey school or I'm sorry, whiskey people. I forgot. That <laughs> That's all right. You are. We uh, we have a longstanding right. kind of thing that we put out. We we do not deal in full truths on the show. <laughs> like, there is conflicting. Yeah. Facts. Right. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm perfect for this show. That conflicting facts. I like it. Sometimes yeah. I fact check my own stories, and then because yeah. I'm like, I've been sa- telling the story for so long, I wonder if it's true. Right. And well, my I have sister false will memories say, yeah, too. So no, I just that make, never happened. Make things up. So. Yeah, I mean, we're we're prone to uh, throwing things out like you know, 87 percent of people know this about the, and, and it turns out there's not even <laughs> not even close to true. It's not cool. like you transpose the numbers oh, or something. Yeah. Not even close. So, choice. Did you grow up here in Minnesota? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Where, whereabouts? I grew up in the northern suburb of Lino Lakes, that was a country town when oh. I was a kid, and then we got a McDonald's in Circle Pines, and the people moved in and. Right. Uh, but yeah. That Atlanta, was, yeah. Do you know uh, Purim, Minnesota? Purim. Purim. Or Pur- Wadena. No. Well, Lionel mm-hmm. Lakes is close, though. Yeah. yeah. That's an real. Yeah. yeah. No. Is oh. Lionel Lakes? No. It's before Lionel Forest Lakes. Lake. Yeah. Oh. Lionel Lakes is. Oh, I'm thinking something different. You right. think you are. Yeah. There's a there's a different something or other O Lakes up yeah. Yeah, yeah. by Purim. Right. Yep. Right. Uh, Lionel Lakes would be the equivalent of kind of Elk River, right? Like okay. farm town, sure. you know, 20, 30 minutes out from kind of the outer ring suburbs. Right. Yep. And okay. then, and then used to be one thing and now it's kind of completely changed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, so you grew up there and then, and then you, you were out in California for quite a while. Right. So yeah. did you, so I guess I got a few things. Did you start playing music when you were little? No, no. I actually um, started pretty late. Yeah. And everybody wanted me to play music, and I was active hanging out in the music scene. Right. And I actually uh, did kind of stand-up comedy in the 80s. and I, I wanted in to Minneapolis? Do, yeah, I wanted to do, like, warm-up for bands. Yeah. I didn't want to be in comedy clubs. I wanted to be, like, with my people. Right, yep. And did that for a little bit, and then... My my initial uh, connection to the Rolf clan was I met um, Shelley's brother, Sean, uh-huh. in Minneapolis. We were going to radio school. Okay. Brown Institute. Yep. And he had a band in the 80s called the Hill Williams. Okay. And we all lived in a big building together, a big multi-apartment building on 2nd and Franklin right by the Art Institute, and we had a really good, fun world. The band broke up, and Sean and I were, like, needing adventure, needing to get away. What what era was this? This is 88. Okay. Uh, And so from 88 to 90 uh, was when all this action happened, and we, we have a song Sean and I wrote called Left Town in 90. Okay. We left the bowling alleys and barns. <laughs> and we, we uh, Sean and I took the Greyhound bus 
to the Grand Canyon to we you know we pictured ourselves you know riding those donkeys up and down and like on the Brady Bunch like yeah yeah we like more than once up and down yeah we wanted to be cowboys <laughs> we were waiting we were either gonna be uh, we were gonna go work on boats in Alaska oh or I the Grand about doing Canyon. That too. Yeah, and we couldn't, you know, it's back where you had to write letters to people, mm-hmm. and then they would, you know, well, write you back. Okay. and are you playing music at this time? Sean was. Yeah. And okay. I was doing my comedy, and I did um, I did uh, improv theater Okay, in town here. All right, so, so you guys actually did go to the Grand Canyon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the thing was, is we worked, at, um, we worked at a bar and restaurant on the... Seven Corners, West Bank, Sergeant Preston's. Mm. I know it well. And yep. we, <laughs> we partied hard there so at Sergeant Preston's. Yeah. Okay. And Bullwinkles. Yeah. Yep. And so um, <laughs> we went to the Grand Canyon, and we went in, and we we barged into HR and said, we need jobs. And they like looked HR at us. Like HR for, like, the federal government? For the national parks. For the national well, parks. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you guys take a Greyhound yeah. to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. How long was the Greyhound ride? It's like a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you could still smoke cigarettes and we could pull oh, off yeah. smoky weed on there and blow it into a pillow or, you know. <laughs> no oh one my knew. God, nah, because it's full of the, smoke. It's yeah, like full of cigarette right. smoke. The pillow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the old pillow. The trick. old I don't know this trick. one, by the way. Right. This is. This is Right. I forgot about Predates it until me a little you just bit. said that. And then you can, uh, you know, you just like ride on this bus and then you get to Salt Lake City and everybody's off and then you get on a new bus. It's like every bus empties out at Salt Lake City and then you got to get a new bus. Mm-hmm. And then from Salt Lake City, you head through Nevada and then Arizona. And so we knew we were there because we, we had to find the cheapest hotel in Flagstaff. And we were waiting on the corner. We see our hotel. It was at the time, I believe it was maybe $18 a night. Yeah. For these little. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. And we're waiting on the corner to cross the street, and this snazzy car pulls up, and it's Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. And the back is is like full of guitars. This sounds like a dream. This might. Like one of my dreams. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so we say, we're like, we're here. He's got a weird hat on and stuff. And all these guitars in the back. This is true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, so the best part is that we, we, when we went to HR, we all had these big beards and goatees and long hair and stuff. We were like Minneapolis. You know, I, I thought that I invented the term grunge. Right. And I was like, oh, it's a real grungy band. And there people are like, oh, did you make that up? I think so. I think I just made that up. <laughs> Well, but, wait a second, though. Rick, Rick Nielsen. Yeah, he stops and well, what's he say? Like he didn't say up? anything. He we he just took off, and we're like, oh my god, that's a cheap trick guy. Yeah, I think he lives in Flagstaff, or at least at the time had a place there. Wow, he's an Arizona guy. I think. okay, okay, and uh, yeah, and so the we we didn't get jobs the first time, and then we went. They didn't but, just hand the job out to you. No. And so we were like shocked. We went and yeah, we were I moping. Mean, did you tell them what you wanted to do? Like, we want to ride donkeys up <laughs> right. and down the canyon. Yeah. No, we t- that, Who I mean, better than us? Look at us. They kind of shoot us out of there really quick. And they said, <laughs> we don't hire walk-ins. Okay. You got to oh. fill out an application, send it in the mail. So we're like, what? And so then we go to the campground, we regroup, and we meet this, this young man that's working there. And he said, you guys went in there looking like this? 
He was like, you have to think that you're working at Disneyland. And so you need to shave, get haircuts, get some clothes, and go back in there after you send in your application. So we fill out the application. We try to bring it in. They're like, no, you got to put it in the mail. So then we put it in the mail, and then it probably had to like leave the Grand Canyon and then come back to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that seems efficient. Yeah. yeah. And then we go in. And they didn't recognize us before because we shaved and got right. haircuts and we put on clean clothes. And they, uh, we said, we came all the way, Sean said, we came all the way from Minneapolis, from Minnesota. We said, because <laughs> we made up the, t- we, on the way out there, we said, if we're meeting about jobs, we say Minnesota. But if we're meeting women, we say Minneapolis. Oh, So yeah. we're there. We came I, all the way. Wait a minute. Don't, it's. I just if you could see what I saw, like there was some sort of weird recognition. I don't understand what was the <laughs> oh, logic. I, I get it. Yeah. What was the logic behind that? Because you want to sound like a city person. Like yeah. Minneapolis oh. has a reputation of right. being you, a pretty it, cool. Place. Like Minneapolis is cool. Like you God, know, yeah, that's oh, how you're cool from Minneapolis, right? Yeah. It's but like, if oh, yeah, if you want a job, you say you're from Minnesota. They picture farm, yep, hard working people. See, that was see, worthy we even of, said it in unison. Yeah, yeah. hard working. That, Minnesota. that was worth an explanation. Right. Not yeah. everyone who listens yep. knows this. I wasn't fully aware. means right. good times, party boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Maybe daddy's money. <laughs> right. You might have some money in your pocket. Yeah, right. there you go. Where Minnesota just means you're a hardworking right. yeah. farm yeah. kid. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Okay, yep. I got you. So Sean says, we came from Minnesota because we heard you need cooks. Mm. And this gentleman in the back poked his head out of the office and he said, you guys are from Minnesota? We're like, yeah. And he goes, come on back here. He took us in. And the next day we had dishwasher uniforms on it for the El Tavar Hotel. It's five-star hotel right on the rim. Wow. We go to the dish tank. Before we even touched a dish, this guy came and said, you guys could cook, right? We're like, yeah, we're cooks from Minnesota. <laughs> and they said, good, because our cook died rock climbing yesterday. And his roommate <laughs> didn't come to work either. We need cooks right now. So we went back downstairs and got on cook- chef's uniforms. And we got two raises before we even touched a dish. And we're cooking like in this five-star restaurant cooking breakfast and lunch. <laughs> and, and, and did you know how to cook? Yeah, but we had never seen a lot of these things that they were cooking, like really nice steaks. <laughs> right. Like, right. I never made eggs Benedict or hollandaise sauce. Yeah, right, from scratch. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're like, we're out of mayonnaise, and they're like, make it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you can't, you can't. Later in my life, you don't as, have a chef, <laughs> as a chef, I realized that you always say yes. If someone asks you if you can make something, you want to do a party for them, yes, because you have the internet and you can just look it up and then make uh, it. Sure. Not at that time. Not at that time. Yeah. No. I was like, mayonnaise? How do you make mayonnaise? And they're like, oh, it's just egg yolks and oil. Yep. And you're like, okay. Yep. So you figure it out. Sure. Yeah. And it was really great. We, st- I stayed, Sean actually left the Grand Canyon a little bit before me, but I fell in love with cooking. And I was like, I want to learn every position at this hotel. And that way, because Sean was moving to Santa Cruz, California. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll be there in six months. I just need to learn all this stuff. So then I moved to Santa Cruz and lived. In, we lived in Santa Cruz and San Francisco. And every time that I said, I'm from Minnesota and I know how to cook, I got a job. 
And so that's awesome. Sean and I would move someplace, and he would ride the bus all around San Francisco, answering all these want ads, and come back, and he'd be like, "Did you get a job yet?" And I'd say, "No, nah, I'm going to get one right down the street." And he would be like, well, you got to do that. And I would just go in and I would say, I'm from Minnesota. I know how to cook. I worked at a five-star hotel. And they're like, oh, well, that's great. Come on in. I yeah. mean, once you got that five-star hotel thing, that's... Yeah. I'll tell you I mean, what. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I've, I've hired people before, you know, in my construction business. Like, if someone says, I'm from Florida, right. it's like, what? No, no offense, Florida. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but my expectations are different. If you say I'm from Wisconsin, Minnesota... Right. North Dakota, yep, right. you know, South right. Dakota, Iowa. Like, yep. ah, my expectations are a certain yeah. thing. Maybe there's a prejudice there. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty awesome story, though. So, so when you were working at the five star hotel, did did you did they put you up too? Yeah. So you got your um, rent taken out of your check. Yep. We lived in Trailer Village, mm-hmm. which is where all the or some of the employees work. There's different. Because there's not a town right nearby. That's well, they call it Grand Canyon Village. Okay, so it's part of the national park. Mm-hmm. Um, you are highly looked. You're highly watched by this force of rangers. Yeah, because it's a family place, and, and they do wear the hats safe. and stuff, don't they? The oh rangers. yeah, they yeah, do. yeah. And, and Grand Canyon at the time was actually a ranger training facility. So you got new guys that really want to make an impression. Mm-hmm. So it was serious um, follow-the-rules kind of stuff going kind on. Kind of a place, yeah. Right. I've been there a couple times, and I hiked down there. And oh, hiked, that's right. I hiked across it, actually, for like yeah. four days, four nights, I yeah. guess. Did you ever go to the, what is the, the ranch at the bottom? that goes, Phantom Ranch. Phantom. Yeah. 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 I we, always wanted to stop, stop yeah. there, but. You know, we couldn't make it there. Yeah. You know, we were like on a different trail. Is this part of the park system or is this an actual yeah. like private well, ranch? Phantom Ranch is owned by, at the time when I worked there, it was Fred Harvey was the name of the company that owned all the money-making facilities at the Grand Canyon. Okay. So it was a part of Fred Harvey Phantom Ranch. You could make a reservation and have dinner while you're down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have a beer down there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to do. Right. So we were hiking, you know, we were like four four nights out there. And and I think we were like, I don't remember now. I suppose 12 miles away or yeah, something like that. Not on too our far hike. for a beer for but, little Jimmy, huh? Right. Well, yeah, we had to get up at like three in the morning to start like th- that day's hike. Because, you know, at like noon, right. at the time of season I was at, yeah. we were doing, it was like, a, you know, it's like 100 degrees at noon. So you're like. Right. You're dying down there at the bottom. I yeah. found the Southwest stifling yeah. in that way, the heat, yeah. that type of heat. Mm-hmm. So I was a little, I was like, I don't know. We have to walk all that way and then get a beer. And then I was like, I don't know. I might get dehydrated, you know, <laughs> popping my electrolytes and all yeah. the rest of the bullshit you do. You yeah. know? <laughs> when was this? Just curious. It was, you know, that's a few years ago now. But, um, but I remember when I was hiking it and I was with two other friends and, uh, you know, you'd see the old timers on the trails, and man, this one old timer passed us by. We were all decked out in our techie, you know, water bottle stuff, you know, with the hose and the ele- you know electrolytes. <laughs> I was all nervous. I was gonna yeah. get dehydrated, you yeah. know, because you hear the story yeah. of I of was people on a, dying. I almost died. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
real quick. So the old timer passed us by, and he had this jug of water. I'll never forget this on a rope. Yeah, it was just a you know, it was a plastic uh, milk, milk jug. Milk yep. jug. And he walks right by us. We we could see him. He must have been a mile behind us, and we were like, "Wow, there's a guy back there." You know, and we're like, "Oh, he's on the same trail." Right. And then we're walking, walking, and sure enough, that that guy caught up to us and then passed us. Yep. And we thought, man. So you almost died? Yeah. Uh, while we were waiting for our, this is, we ended up doing a lot of hiking in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And I would do a thing where I would work, you know, 12 days in a row and then get four days off and go down in there and explore and then come back and go to work. But the first time was while we were waiting for our application to get through the mail. We were staying in the campground, <laughs> oh, sure. which was not, it was cheaper to stay at a hotel in Flagstaff than to stay in the campground. Okay. And we we left for adventure, so we didn't necessarily have like camping stuff. Um, we had like some of us had suitcases, and I should say there was three of us that started. And then on this dreaded hike, we took uh, it was the bass player of the Hill Williams, Randall Ellis, Sean, and I. We met two Ger- German tourist girls okay. while we were there, and we said, "Oh yeah." We'll take you down the Grand Canyon. Oh, we're old <laughs> pros at this. I was I got my hiking merit badge in yeah, Boy Scouts, you know, yeah. in Minnesota. So I didn't have any problem. So we headed down there and we took the easy trail down to Phantom Ranch. And we realized then, oh, you gotta have a reservation if you want to eat dinner. We didn't like do any research. We're like, yeah, let's go down there and eat. We'll buy a bunch of food and then we'll come back. <laughs> they were like, uh, we can give you some scraps. You know, if you got yeah. a ten spot. Yeah, we can we can probably like get you some, you know, a sandwich with a piece of lettuce in it or something. You know? And uh, so we're like, wow, this is really different than we thought. It was beautiful. We had a great time. And then as uh, the next day, we were going to go back up, and we thought, you know, this trail over here is super much shorter than the trail we went on. And the, you know, when you're going down the Bright Angel Trail, which is the main one from the South Rim, you're really uh, for us in Minnesota guys, you meet people all the time. And you're like, hello, how are you? Hi, how's it going? Hi. It's like every five minutes, somebody comes around the corner. And you're like, "Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm fine." You know. So we're like, "Let's go on this other trail. There's probably not going to be as many people. It's shorter, and we're gonna we'll get up there faster." So we're like, "Yeah, that's so great." So we packed up all our stuff and we start <laughs> heading up. And this trail was in the blazing hot sun and straight up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a mile, but it's back and forth up, up yep. thousands of times yep. before you can get to the top. And so we're about two-thirds done, and we're all out of water. The German girls bought some milks for yeah. their hike. Oh, God, yeah, German girls. <laughs> they were crying. And, yeah. and our friend Randall Ellis was looking like he was maybe going to fall over any second. Mm-hmm. And so Sean and I had a little powwow, and we were like, one of us needs to go ahead, and the other one needs to stay back. Mm-hmm. And Sean's all like, I'll go ahead yeah. and I'll get us some water and I'll come back and save us. I was like, okay, we're just going to take baby steps. And so I actually started with a, with a jug of water with a rope. Yep. And cause I saw that and that seemed like a good idea, but that was empty. So I carried the German girls backpacks along with whatever gear I had. And we took baby steps while Sean took off up there. And so Sean's story is that he finally meets another person coming down, but he's too embarrassed to ask for water. 
Of course. Yeah. Oh, Al- my. Ultra Minnesotan. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have done the same thing. Like, my friends are dying we're, down there. But, I mean, um, we're probably not going to die, but maybe, you know. And so then he, the guy, they say hi. Hi. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. And the guy keeps going. And then Sean goes, um, excuse me. The guy's like, yeah. And he goes, my friends are down there about a mile or so. And we're all out of water. And the guy goes, oh, my God. Really? I'll I'll. I'll save them, you know. So yeah. that guy takes off to bring us his water. So the next thing we know is this little hippie guy shows up, and he's, like, handling us with water, and we're just like, thank you so much. And then Sean meets some more people, and then more people come, and then, you know, we get hydrated. Right. We take our time. We get up to the top of the <laughs> top of the thing, and it's just a parking lot. Yeah. We're like... You know, we're like 10 miles from anything. Yeah. There's no, we pictured like, uh, you know, like a, a, a water pump. <laughs> well, and, and why wouldn't you think right. that? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you, it, it is today, right. I believe. Yeah. Well, yeah. you might make the assumption that a mile above the only water source in the area that to get a well, like, where is that? Where are they going right. to yeah. drill to to find the, the aquifer when you're on the rim, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the Grand they, they, they have drinking fountains. But yeah, so. do they? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. had all these pictures in our. We would talk about when we get back there. I'm gonna, gonna have six gallons. Of we're gonna have a water, and everyone else is like, "I didn't drink back then." They're like, "We're gonna have a beer, and we're gonna do this." And we're like, "I'm gonna eat a, the biggest cheeseburger <laughs> at Maswick Lodge," and we had all this idea. We got to the top. And then there was a couple people that pulled into the parking lot. And we're like, can we, do you think that we could get a ride to the South Rim and like, you know. Civilization. Can we have some of your water? Yeah. (laughs) And so we finally made it back. It's a blur to me, actually, how we got in someone's vehicle and made it over to the to the other thing the german girls walked away from us and never talked to us again yeah <laughs> yeah that's like, it these guys almost killed us <laughs> these are the dumbest american people we ever met in yeah. our lives yeah. and and then we had uh we ate our meal in total silence and the next morning our our good friend our best friend randall ellis said i just i just called my mom and she bought me a bus ticket and i'm leaving you guys <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I was 20, 22, maybe. Yeah, 21. this this sounds. Right. I mean, I've had similar experiences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But both the, uh, both the, you know, coming relatively close to dying, including running out of water for a long period of time, and yeah. and so and and you do get a little crazy by the end of six or eight hours of being somewhere where you can't drink anything, right? And you know that there's no. Hope and you and you start to fantasize about like the things you're gonna do right. when you get that that yeah. first when you find that water. This is yep. on a canoe trip for me, right. but right. Um, but also the the experience of having uh, of having a, like being somewhere you've made this commitment to move. You're a long ways from home, and then your friends are like, you know what, mom sent some cash. I'm out. <laughs> like <laughs> this is not working out. Yep. Um, no, I'm that gone. happens. That is no joke, though. That canyon hike. Oh, no, I mean that thing. No, you got to take that seriously. It's yeah. total serious. I it got. Is. I got. When I lived in Vegas, we went out into Red Rocks, and I brought my my friend and roommate uh, Katie and her folks out, and we're like, 
I've been out to Red Rocks. We're going to go around over here. We'll run up that way. And the next thing I know, I've got these two, you know, kind of older end of middle age people from Minnesota and myself and my roommate stuck in some ever increasingly small canyon that we can't climb back. We can't, you know, it was, it was terrifying in a way. We're out a lot longer than I expected and in a lot tighter spot scrambling down rocks that looked a lot scarier than we ever thought we'd see. So it happens quick. It does. All right. Well, let's take a brief break. I'll get baby set up with uh she's being good over there but oh she's yeah good. she's she's being good because she's destroying things oh. she knows i can't really pay attention to her so now she's she's painting right. on the paintings yeah. yeah she's painting all of jim's artwork over <laughs> with crayons and it's, it's an improvement i think it's good <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll be all right. we'll be right Bye. back Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first-of-its-kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit JamesHolmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. Sam. Choice. I'm we're back. back. We're back. Uh-huh. We took our little break. Yep. Got baby set up with some more fruit snacks. Right on. That's how she she gets me on these. She's got these like days. a smorgasbord of containers. I know. There. I know. And her little my little pony plan. I'll take a pick so people we can put it up with the show. So Choice, when did when did you start playing then? Okay. Music. Um <laughs> actually when I I have uh I I always had a guitar. Yeah. And I always knew how to play Where Have All the Flowers Gone. I took a lesson in seventh grade at Schmidt Music downtown St. Paul. Okay. And learned the chords and all that stuff. So I knew that if I would just practice, I could actually remember how to do stuff and, and be a musician. 
and I always sang. I was always into singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when my children were littler, I found that even if I just played Where Have All the Flowers Gone, they thought I was Elvis. Right. And then as I added more songs to the repertoire, they'll be like, Daddy, play this song about the bus, you know? And so then I started going, and then um, I, uh, I had an experience where I, I came back to Minnesota. Uh, my father had passed away. And I came back to Minnesota, and um, my sister, or we, we went to the, he had two funerals, one at a nursing home and one at a funeral home. The nursing home one was just for the people that were taking care of him and the people that he lived with. It was the day before the funeral, and they had a musician there, and she said, did your dad have any favorite songs or like anything that we want to play? And I said, yeah, um, his favorite song was Big John. And uh, I know that one. Yeah. And so she said, oh, I don't know that one. And, and, Dan, and my sister Danielle said, do you know it? And I go, yeah, I know it. And they're like, you play it. So I played <laughs> Big John. And then she said, D- play another one. So I played um, California Stars by Wilco. And then the next day at the funeral, my sister said, you got to play those songs for everybody. They will love them so much. And I was really nervous. I never played in front of adults family or anything right. like that and it's the it's a funeral. funeral right yeah and so i do this thing where i where i when i perform a lot of times i'll leave my body mm-hmm. and float above myself and just watch my arms flail and my lips moving and so that's what happened to me i was i couldn't even tune the guitar i was so nervous and my grandmother was there and all these people and all this stuff and so i played and i got into you know People in the Big John, I started just riffing the chords, and I said, I know you're wondering why I might be playing this song, but my dad is Little Ron, but he is he would hold up a mind for any one of you out here. You know, That was one thing that you could always count on my dad to help you do anything. And it was really great, and then I played the other song, and then uh, I got a lot of pats on the back, but then the, the minister said do you have any CDs that you have? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really play music. And he said, I do this every day and I hear music every day at funerals. And I loved what you did and your performance was so great. And it was just like, he said, you got to do this. You got to play music and sing for people because you touched everybody. And I get goosebumps just telling the story because I was like, oh, my God, I could totally do this. You know, like I can make babies dance and make (laughs) adults adults cry. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I went back home and kind of took it seriously and started really practicing every day. And so by the time that I came for the for the wonderful visit back here the weekend where I fell in love and played music mm. with my old best friends and the, the three gentlemen in whale in the Thames. Again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the three gentlemen in whale in the Thames and I had a band in high school um, and we played our high school variety shows and stuff like that, but I wasn't allowed to turn my guitar up. Right. I only sang and danced and pretended that I was playing the guitar during that performance okay. and i was good at it yeah <laughs> because it's singing and playing guitar you got to concentrate on two things right so it didn't matter if i if everybody else you know if i was just pretending i was playing g c and f nobody yeah. knew that they're like wow 
he's good, you know. Right, right. <laughs> um, That's and, so cool. And so yeah, so I got to kind of reunite with all these people, and we put the the band together. They already had the name Whale in the Thames from a news story that cracked everybody up, where there was a little boy who said, "Mommy." there's a whale in the Thames. And so that was like a saying. Uh, and they were like, let's just call the band Whale in the Thames. So then when I came, I said, I don't, I don't know about that name, you guys. And they said, well, what do you want to change it to? And so we, we got together as a group and we, we gave ourselves like a deadline. And we said, if we don't change our name by this day, we're sticking with Whale in the Thames. And so we literally had six pages of possible <laughs> names that we would go through and find. And then the, uh, some of the other ones that made sense were, of course, already taken. All the, all the band names are taken. Right. And even if it's taken by a band that isn't, isn't around anymore, right. that maybe only were around on MySpace a th- you know, years and years ago, we still didn't want to use that name. We wanted to have something original. Right. Of course. And Whale in the Thames was original, so. No doubt. Um, so it stuck. Yeah. And so I actually brought you guys some records and CDs awesome. and some stickers and stuff. So awesome. So We love that stuff. Yeah. We do have a lot of musicians on, and I think it's because musicians, uh, generally well, they want the to talk. Too. Yeah, it's I the mean, town. This Minneapolis. Is a great music town. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And they've got something to promote in their you know, generally talkative people. And right. so they come on out and do it, but I love it when they bring in stuff. I love it when they play. Sometimes people come in and play for us. And, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. Well, that's awesome. Uh, the, uh, so this is, this is around when, like you said, fell in love. So is this about eight years ago? Is yeah. Now? Eight yeah. years ago. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I was telling Jim earlier, I moved a bunch of my kids here from California and then oh, what's they, a bunch? Like how many of these kids? I have kids four kids. Have? Okay. I have three, three kids that I have with my ex-wife, and then I, we adopted a, okay. a foster kid from Minnesota, Okay, brought him out to California. He was a relative of mine, um, and then he still lives here up in Circle Pines right by Lionel Lakes. So you, so you adopted him from Minnesota, brought him to California, and then brought him back to Minnesota. Right. And what did he think of that? Um, like where, where does one who lives in California for some period of time wish they lived if they could, they had their way. Yeah. Uh, my three other kids all live back in California. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's sort of my son's that. in the process of moving. He's 26 and he's decided that, yeah, it's just such a grind to try to pay that rent or buy a place in San Diego County. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's close to impossible. It is, and so my daughters, uh, my da- my other daughter's in grad school for social work, and I believe she'll probably move back here when it's time for her to have children and all that okay. kind of stuff. It's strangely, I had two children born in Minnesota, two children born in California. Yeah. At one point, I moved back here. Um, for leaving San Francisco, I had one child, my oldest son, pregnant with another, and we had some instances in the big city where where we're just like wow i don't know if we can have two young kids and live in san francisco it just seems technically really impossible to try to do and so we moved to eugene oregon classic where i experienced my first 
bout of depression when it rained 40 days and 40 nights <laughs> in a row and my car broke down uh, and to have like two or three jobs yeah. and had to ride a bike and change my clothes all the time yeah. and then had a huge amount of laundry to have to deal with all yeah. the time yeah. and I finally said maybe we should go to Minnesota and have this baby uh, the promised land and so it is. We don't. It, we don't like to tell people how nice it is here. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we kind of like to keep it a secret. No, it's true. Because it mean, is really nice here. Yeah. It feels like the secret's out. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people moving oh, to the Twin Cities area, but yeah. to Minnesota in general. Yeah. Hey, California, you can drink the tap water here. <laughs> don't tell them. I know. Why? I've never heard of such a thing. I know. It's delicious. So I have a question. So when you guys are. As far as your band, who does the songwriting? How do you guys do that? Um, yeah, we there's two main. We come up with uh, we'll come up with a song, Emily and I. Yep. So we have two singers. She sings her songs. I sing my songs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Shelly and Charles also sing backups. And yeah, we just kind of like bring our song in, and we're always. Um, there's a couple times where I brought songs in where they're they're like uh that song sounds like an after school special choice. So let's let's not do that one. But uh are you are your sensibilities just a little too nice or something? Yeah, you well, want a little rougher edge. It happened that choice? I I got sober. I oh. became a sober person. And uh-huh. so it was part of I have this category of songs that I've written that I will call my self-help album where it's just basically things I needed to get out of me. Um, because a lot of you know, lately, a lot, sometimes they get in a rut where the songs really aren't coming. Yep. Um, I'm also in college right now. Learning Um, stuff. Yeah. And so I took a songwriting class in college where I could pump out songs because I had to have them done by Tuesday and do all this stuff. And so I, I kind of need those kind of deadlines. Mm -hmm. Um, and so those were great. Uh, but yeah, normally, um, I'll write a song, bring it in, and everyone will be like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'll say, well, maybe you should add this. And they'll be like, yeah. Or, you know, uh, everybody kind of comes up with a part, and then we all talk about it. Maybe try this or try that. And then the songs come, and hmm. it works out good. It's fun. Yeah. Where are you going to school? Where? where? Uh, I'm going to Century College right now to get an associate's degree in addiction counseling. Yeah. And so I'll start internships in the summer okay and then have a license and then i part of the deal with uh you normally have to have a master's degree to be any sort of counselor mm-hmm. but for addiction counseling um it's has a high burnout rate and the jobs are really needed right so you can get right to it as a at a uh associate's degree but you have to be on a path to a bachelor's right so as long as i'm taking two classes after that i can work full-time okay doing counseling i mean that's cool too i how did you so how did that all come about uh well i i worked at the university of saint thomas as a chef and my daughter went to school there Mm -hmm. and she came and went in four years and i was like that happened so fast that was like a snap of fingers. Now she's moved off to California again. Right. And, and so I thought, dang, uh, maybe I should do that. It's yeah. only four years. Right. And four years goes by like crazy. Right. And being that I managed money and raised a family of, you know, five of us, 
for a right. long time. Um, not having any children asking me for money. I like, I have plenty of money. <laughs> I knew, I know how to do yeah, it yeah. now. And so I can go to school now and work part time. And right. I have some part time jobs where I can say no. Yep. You know, and so I get to say no to things. That's always nice. And, and really how great. often are you guys playing right now? Right now, I'm really i I've ruined the band for a while because I said <laughs> no. I I can't do shows till next year. Okay. I need to get through this semester. Um, I'm just not. Uh, we've been going strong for eight years. Yeah, we yep. play all the time. Yeah, this, you guys are out there quite a bit. Yeah. Right? And this summer we had a band from France come that we hosted uh-huh. and took them all around the cities and down s- southern Minnesota, northern Minnesota. We played shows with them. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it was a whirlwind of, uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, eight shows in, in 12 days. Right. And all over the. All over the Midwest. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and so – you know, we we play a lot, and it's just I sort of get tired of playing our last batch of songs, and so I kind of want space to make new songs. New, new I need freshness, yep. um, like a little a little time off, a little break helps you get right a little new time to yeah. make new songs. So I said to everybody, just pretend I'm pregnant. And I'm going to have this baby of songs. Right. And and I just need a break. And at first, it was I think it was sort of heartbreaking for some of the people to be like, but this is what we do for fun. And, and don't you want to just have fun? And I thought, you know, even when I'm playing music now, I'm thinking about the chapters I got to read by Tuesday and the studying I need to do. Right. And I've... And it just so happens this semester is actually hard for me. Right. I have to take logic. And it's been, you know, it's been like 33 years since I had any sort of school. And I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah I like, I can't think of myself going back to school. Oh, and I know adult learners can be uh, adult learners. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But uh, yeah. What did they call them when we were younger? Uh, non-traditional students. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember? I never heard that before. Yeah, that non-traditional was non-traditional students. That was all the old guys in class yeah, or yeah. old gals in class when I was in college. Right. Like, right. Non-traditional. non-traditional. Yeah. Um, but they can be great because they they're you know focused and dedicated and yeah. you know what they're doing and yeah and all that. But I can only imagine it's tough. I yeah. I, I would do a lot better second time around. I think. Yeah. No, I'm amazed. I tried going to school before and basically. Uh, you know, started first first semester A's, then B's, then C's, then D's, and then you're out of there, buddy. Right. It was just <laughs> party time. Right. But uh, so it's really great to come up with. Uh, I'm a I'm really into it. So yeah. this is what I do now. Right. Is learn and read, and I have a, a Earth science class called Natural Disasters. Which I love natural disasters. Right. I think the earth should be smacking us <laughs> upside the head all the time. And um but then they tell you to do something where like, oh you we want you to figure out the volume of Mauna Loa. Mm. Oh well how do you do that? Well you just multiply times pi the mm. distance across and the height. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, 
I need a YouTube video right now. Really yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah. The YouTube videos the are graphing helpful. calculator. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's all amazing because you can just kind of, hmm, I can't figure this out. I'll just look right. at a video. Yeah. I'm nervous about natural disasters. <sighs> yeah, but figuring like out the volume of a volcano. Right. Or, you know, an island. I don't know. Right. What, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and we talk so, about earthquakes a lot. Earthquakes and volcanoes and stuff. Right. And, uh, boy, the earthquake fears of the West Coast are, I don't know why those people aren't, you know, just getting ready. They better have some water saved. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Is it going to happen? I think it's going to happen for Seattle and Oregon. Yeah. California is kind of already broken yeah. with the San Andreas Fault. Like, that's already separated off. They always talk about how it's going to fall in the ocean. It is falling in. It's just going to take a long time. Right. Slow right. burn. Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, all those volcanoes up around, you know, uh, the Pacific Northwest. Yep. And there's this, like, Juan de Fuca uh, plate. It's like a really small plate. And what happens is, is these, these plates go under the North America. They're like right. subducting right. underneath and that's causing all this stuff to happen. And so there hasn't been, I mean, in our lifetimes, I never hear about the Seattle earthquake, you know? Right. right. So California, you hear about them a bunch, but you haven't heard about this upper ones and that's waiting to come that's the one that's lurking don't they say that we have some huge fault that runs under us here in minnesota too that may eventually oh i don't know anything about that it won't uh it's not yeah Uh, i've studied a little bit of the earthquakes of minnesota yeah and it's it's nothing to be worried about at all oh i I, yeah i certainly wouldn't there's puny even a even a bad one in minnesota things is like you know some china might fall out of the cabinet or right something that, <laughs> yeah. there's a story uh, uh that we studied about there was a, a earthquake in like little falls or something yeah and just because it happened it was you know in i think it was like the early 1900s by the time the story got to minneapolis it was this terrible thing oh. because of the way that news travels sure because no one actually went up there to check yeah you know they just listened to the people and uh, yeah yeah, it was just nothing happened basically (laughs) but just because the earth did move it It was a big it it was was a a huge thing yeah yeah they tried to say that somebody died but they just like died of natural causes at the same time (laughs) at the same time as the tremor yeah yep i'm uh I'm being beckoned. <laughs> I feel like, and I'm going to get in super trouble for this. We'll take a break. We can take a little break. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like uh, this is, God, just don't, just take this for what it's worth. But, you know, when women, like. something weird. Well, when they get, when, when people don't understand how difficult it is to, like, back in the day when, when women were even less respected than they are now, right? And they'd have to like bring their children to work and everyone would be like, Oh, I can't believe you'd have to do that. Like I, f- I feel a kinship now. Oh, yeah. Well, that yeah. wasn't weird at all. Yeah. God, it felt weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought you were going to say, something you always look at me like well, I'm about to I'm say nervous. the worst thing there ever was. I, I don't say bad things right. generally. You don't. I do go in these long circuitous yeah. loops where I'm, I'm, where I maybe it sounds like I'm about to say something bad, but then I usually bring it back to decent. You pull it together. All right. We'll okay. take a little Potty break. <laughs> All right. We're back. Okay. Quick so, break. Just quick break. Potty break for baby. Yeah. So yeah. 
So as we were on the break, Choice, um, so how do you measure success right now mm, in right. music? Yeah. Something Sam and I were talking about, actually, yep. earlier today. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, you have to, for me, it's, uh, I've had some dreams come true, like people actually have bought our records at a record store. And, <laughs> right. No, yeah. that's a big deal. Huge. Yeah. Like, I yeah. would have never imagined in my life prior that, you know, people would go to the Electric Fetus looking for a Whale in the Thames album. Right. You know? Or people will sometimes Facebook me and say, yeah, I was at the record store, and they're all out of your records. And I would, it's just, like, amazing to me. And so I am not... Uh, I don't think of myself. I never. I never like to say I'm a musician. I always say I'm a sing songer. Okay. And uh, I just love singing songs and writing songs. And if somebody uh, asks me to write a song about something and that ty- that is inspiring to me, I'll get right to it and do my best. Um, but there's so many other things I want to do in this life, and I think that. Um, you know, certainly you could dr- you could drive yourself to be a professional musician to make all your money in music, and sometimes you'll have to do you know th- other things like you know, work at a club promoting or be a sound man too. Or mm-hmm. you know, if you're in music, teaching music or different things, that might be a successful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. For me, um, my life is super successful because i have children that love me and i have um a wonderful place to keep my stuff and a partner that we just like have so much fun together and yeah and somebody you know uh i was at a event in wisconsin one time where this guy came up to me and said choice biggins you wrote that song blah 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 and he was just like quoting all these lyrics and i was freaked out right and i just thought this guy really loves my songs that's amazing to me yeah because i didn't write them i wrote them for me to make myself giggle kind of thing you know or make myself feel um you know i needed to do something somebody said write some songs i wrote some songs but they hit that gentleman in a special way where he decided to listen to that cd all on a road trip and kept listening to it and learn the words and stuff so that's that's like a dream come true for me um but yeah and now i get to go to college you know i i take it um seriously i get good grades and i'm like learning things my brain works in a way where i'm like wow i am retaining information and getting smarter and I, I I don't think I mentioned it on air, but I became a sober person because I was finding myself, you know, falling in love with these rock and roll drugs a little bit too hard sure. and realized that, um, you know, I never tried being a sober person before. And that was a great thing. So it led me on this path of becoming an addiction counselor and to help other people and to make other people's lives um better better for them or or as good as i have it that's kind of a goal i have yep that's why i want to be successful right well right. that was a that was a thorough answer it's good it's yeah. good it is i hope i didn't beat around the bush <laughs> <laughs> you did, definitely no. did not 
<laughs> I mean, so also, I mean, you brought in albums, which I think is so interesting because you guys are pressing album vinyl. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's a whole nother thing. It's you like know, a, it's a blue. It's like a blue record with swirly blue in it. Oh too. yeah, like we went. We wanted to get something. Yeah. Uh, it's a history, you know, and so no matter what, my children have these. Yeah, and they can always, if they have a turntable, they can say, "Hey, you know, my dad made this record." Yeah. Well, we're all about life and legacy. Yeah, yeah. and and, and yeah. you know, I'm glad that records are, you know, coming back. I mean, it, it's I, I love streaming music. I mean, I love it. That's How convenient. Great. It's yep. so convenient, but right. but to actually hold something that's tangible, right. you know, something that's you well, know, and records have their physical, own you know, tonality yeah. to them or something. There's right. something different about playing a record. Yeah. So is it expensive to have to do all this? Yeah, too? because they sh- they shut down all the record factories. Yeah, there's only a few of them left. So hopefully now they'll try to make some new ones. And so when when we wanted our record press we're at the mercy of this company who has to you know like everybody wants a new willie nelson record too you know so every old record has to get remade so you're Uh kind of in line to just kind of fit in there and so of course the more you want to make the higher priority you are yep but i mean I brought you these for free. I have a lot of them <laughs> because you had to buy the yeah. way they make CDs and records and all, you know, you say, Oh, I only want 50. Well, then they're, they're like, well, that's $50 each then. Right. You know? Oh, but if you get 500, then they're $11 each. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. I, it's so interesting. I mean, just the other day I'm at target and there's records. Wow. At target. Oh, really? have you guys seen that? They got records at Target again? Yes, yes. I mean, it it is. I'm like, oh, my God, there's records, and you can buy a turntable at Target, too. You know, so it's like, you know, it just brings me back to that. And, um, you know, obviously, I still have my CD collection that's here in the studio, but I I just love it. I mean, you know, at one point, all the record stores, not all of them, but, you know, a lot of them just... Yeah. I mean, they just kind of disappeared, and now it's mm. now it's this resurgence yeah. again. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's record stores that you know we our band plays at. And yeah, that people can have a drink there and just relax, and we, you see a touring band at a record store. Yeah, it's so great. I I really uh, I'm at a point now where I I want to play more places that aren't night spots. Yeah, I love playing during the day. I love playing at record stores, bookstores, parks outside. You know, yeah. Um, just yeah, any place. You know, and I don't. I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't want to play at, you know, Seventh Street Entry anymore because I totally want to. You know, yeah. But uh, but yeah, there's something about playing, and and I love playing for families of all ages of people. Right, mm-hmm. like my parents want to come and see Whale in the Thames, but they don't want to. Go to Mortimer's at eleven p.m. Right, right. it's you a little know. daunting. The like right. the late night, yeah, stuff. Have yeah, you, have you uh, thought of like the band shell over at Lake Harriet? I yeah, think that would be a yeah. really cool. We used to apply every year. The Parks Board has, you know, they try to mix it up with a certain amount of, you know, rock bands, certain amount of folk, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so they kind yeah. of have their. You know, uh, but we should get back into making sure we we're doing that application every year. I wonder if like resurgence of albums, like everything 
old is new again or whatever. I wonder right. if there'll be more outside venues being right. built and maintained. Ah, you're funny. <laughs> All right, you two. <laughs> okay. All right, you two. Um, we're gonna we're gonna probably we've got a good good solid time here. Yeah. So, so choice. Uh, at the end, we always ask, "How would you like to? Is there any? How can people find you? Do you have yeah. anything you'd like to promote right now?" Um, yeah, Give just our out. our sh- our Whale in the Thames show next Friday at the Eagles Club with uh, whiskey, <laughs> whiskey <laughs> something. Right. Yeah, it's called Whiskey Rock and Roll Club okay. and Silent Treatment. And Silent Treatment's this awesome, awesome band. And we're just happy to be on a bill with them. And then, yeah, whaleinthetems.com. You can kind of find out about our band, like it on Facebook if you want. I had to take Facebook off my phone. Yeah. Um, I, I'm on a thing. I'm just, like, not wanting to do that. I would leave the Facebook entirely if it wasn't for the band who needs me to kind of control that kind of thing. I hear you. I'm done a lot with of that people, kind of stuff. Yeah, are, are on that same train. Yeah. And yeah. What, and the other thing about records I wanted to say is, like, remember when you used to just sit around and listen to records with people? Yes. And I just would love to see that more and more with younger people, with my kids, with anybody. You know, just hold that record and listen to it and sit and listen to music. I, you don't have I to know. do anything else but listen. Right. Just listen to music. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's it's a great thing. Let's <laughs> see yeah. All right, Choice. Thank you for <laughs> thank coming. you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thanks we love a lot, listening Joyce. to your podcast, and so now I'll listen to myself on it. I guess <laughs> that's, yeah, that's awesome. the hardest part is listening to yourself. I think so. It is. All right. It's... I think Andy's weaseled her way up onto my lap. She wants to say. She wants to have the last word here. You want to say goodbye? Do you guys say it into here? Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks, Choice. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.